Welcome to the Taproom Post Net Podcast. I am Delta Zero Four, and we will be covering the Nets topic of the week. Welcome, y'all. I am Delta Zero Four, located in the Redoubt of the South. This is Tapron Postnet Podcast, episode 14 22. Every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, Tapron has an amateur radio HF net. The primary purpose for the net is to promote self reliance and preparedness in all aspects of modern life. The goal of the net is to share and disseminate information that can help everyone achieve individual independence and self reliance. During the net, we'll have a topic of the evening, so this podcast is a summary of the combined knowledge our check-ins share during the Tapron Nets. If y'all have questions about Tapron, feel free to go to the following website, www.amron.com. Phonetically, that's www.alpha-mike-romeo-romeo-oscar-november.com. In the beginning of this year, the Amron Group and Tapron Group merged, so you can find Tapron information, including the net schedule and frequency, at the Amron site. Alright, let's take a quick break, and then I'll provide y'all a net check-in report, and then we'll finally cover the November 2nd Tapron Net Topic. And we're back. For November 2nd, 2014, Tapron had a total of 18 check-ins from the following states. Six from Florida, three from North Carolina, two from South Carolina, two from Ohio, and one each from the following states. Virginia, Illinois, New York, Georgia, and Michigan. Thanks everyone for checking in. Before we cover our topic, I have one reminder. The Tapron Digital Net is on the first and third Sunday of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern on 7.078 plus 1200 using Contestia 4 slash 250. This week's topic was backup antennas. Most folks have a good primary antenna, and if they have a backup antenna, they will typically go with the same style, and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But what about having a backup antenna of a different style? For example, there is a check-in in Oklahoma that has both a horizontal HF antenna and a vertical HF antenna, and sometimes when I don't hear him very well on his horizontal, he will switch antennas and a signal pops out over the noise with his vertical. Results may vary, but I'm just giving you an example where sometimes it's good to have a couple of different styles. If you are interested, ARRL does sell some books that can be helpful for building antennas. The ARRL Handbook, ARRL Antenna Book, and ARRL's Small Antennas for Small Spaces, to name a few. Now, fair warning, a few of their books are a little pricey, so if you don't want to spend a lot of money, always remember, the internet is your friend. So let's take a look at some possible backup antennas. First of all, if you have a vertical HF antenna, consider buying or making your own standard half-wavelength dipole or off-center fed dipole, as long as you have the space. Other honorable mentions are the fan dipole and the G5RV. There are a few different versions of both types, depending on the bands you are interested in. These are not too hard to build, and there are plenty of instruction examples on the internet. Most check-ins said they have 
of good results with these type dipoles, and we've covered them before on previous podcasts. So now, let's talk about a few examples that our check-ins suggested as alternatives to the basic dipole. One check-in mentioned a trapped antenna. He specifically said his end-fed 7.150 trap antenna and 80-meter shortened loaded dipole work very well for him, and you can find instructions for both in the ARRL handbook. I'll be the first to admit I only consider myself a basic antenna builder, and I've never seen a trap dipole, so I did a little research on the internet. There are all sorts of trap dipoles, but for those that don't know, let me give you a basic idea of what a trap looks like. It's basically coax cable wrapped around a piece of PVC pipe. On the inside of the PVC pipe, you do have to do some handiwork, like take the coax shielding of one coax end and attach it to the center wire of the other end, and then take the other coax shielding and attach it to the dipole wire, and then you, well, let's just say I get the feeling I'm starting to get glazed over looks from first-time antenna builders. So, as they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. I'll post a link of how to build a trap dipole. Basically, because you are placing these traps along the length of the antenna, it allows the overall length to be shorter. He also mentioned the shortened loaded dipole. A shortened loaded dipole uses loading coils to help get the most out of a shortened wire antenna. Vertical HF antennas will sometimes use loading coils so the overall height doesn't have to be so tall. Another antenna mentioned by a check-in was the ZEP antenna. That's phonetically spelled Zulu Echo Papa Papa. He specifically mentioned his non-resonant extended double ZEP antenna, also known as a EDZ antenna. These are at 5 8 wavelength instead of a typical half wavelength, so you'll need space for this one. But the check-in said it does work well. Basically, for his antenna, he had 89 feet per dipole leg, so a total of 175 feet. Then he came down with 450 ohm ladder line, then a 4 to 1 current ballin, and then finally coax into a manual tuner. He said it will work 10 meters through 160 meters. Now some of y'all who may be familiar with the G5RV may be thinking, well that sure sounds familiar. Based on what I can tell, they are similar, but the lengths are different for each part of the antenna. Another check-in mentioned the vertical half rhombic antenna. Okay folks, think inverted V antenna that is end-fed. And oh, by the way, just like an inverted V, the check-in said the vertical half rhombic is also good for near vertical incident skywave also known as MVIS, which is very good for emergency situations. He explained his antenna is 100 feet of wire with a 9 to 1 ballin on the fed end and a 450 ohm non-inductive resistor on the far end. He's able to work 10 to 160 meters without a tuner. Let me say that again, without a tuner. This is key because a lot of us depend on tuners for our rigs, myself included. It doesn't matter if it's a manual or automatic tuner. Sometimes, Murphy likes to creep in. If that happens, keep this antenna style in mind. The most important thing to remember about this antenna is it is directional toward the resistor end. So if you are looking for something more bi-directional or omnidirectional, you need to go with a different style. But for an antenna that doesn't have to be set up very high off the ground, this might be a good option to look into for a backup antenna. One chicken mentioned he likes his Eagle One vertical antenna used with a tuner. It's a 31-foot antenna with flex weave wire that breaks down to 44 inches. He said you can use this as a base antenna, but because it breaks down, it can also be used as a portable antenna. A 
Another type of antenna that was mentioned, but does require a good amount of space, is the horizontal loop. I've heard a few different folks on their horizontal loops, and their signal is very good, so if you have the space, consider this antenna. The tilted terminated folded dipole was another antenna mentioned, which brings up a good point. If you don't have the space to fully extend a dipole horizontally across your area, don't forget you can set up dipoles as slopers to save some space. Another mention was if you are really in a pinch, you can use the coax for your VHF antenna as a vertical antenna. He said the coax shield makes a great conductor and it involved tying the shield to the tuner, shorting the center pins of the coax, and grounding the other side of the tuner. My suggestion would be to research this on the internet a little bit if you are interested in this truly last-ditch setup. Don't forget about your VHF UHF antennas. Most folks have a vertical stick antenna for their 2 meter 70 centimeter antenna, like the GP15 Comet antenna or the Diamond X50. Consider building or buying a twin lead J-pole for your HT, or maybe even a copper pipe J-pole. While copper isn't cheap nowadays, you may know a repair handyman or home construction worker who may have some spare copper pieces they are willing to give away. Hopefully these alternative antennas gave you some ideas on different styles you can possibly use for a backup antenna. All these antennas have pros and cons to each, so as always, results may vary. If you are still a little confused or want to know more, don't forget about the ARRL books and do a little research on the internet. Remember, if you are building your own antenna, have fun with it. Maybe even get the kids involved. Anytime you can build something that improves your family's preparedness and also make it family time, well, y'all, you can't get much better than that. All right, y'all, that is all for this episode. A special thanks to those who checked into the net and provided us all the great information to share. God bless everyone. Until next week, this is Delta Zero Four, clear.